The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return, sponsored by Narconon Ojai. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. My name is Joni Siegel, and I'll be the host for today's episode. This is episode number 144. We are nearing the end of our third year's worth of podcasts, and we hope that you have gotten our message of hope and help. Just as a reminder, if you would be so kind as to subscribe to this podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, and also go to YouTube and subscribe to our channel. We are videoing videoing most of our podcasts and uploading them to YouTube because we know that a lot of people prefer to listen to music or watch videos on YouTube. So please find us there. Today's episode, we are bringing back someone that we have interviewed several times. His name is Michael DeLeon. Michael is a former addict and former um, inmate. Uh, he was he was sent to prison for a crime that he did not actually commit. But upon leaving prison for the second time, he decided to launch into a crusade, if you will, about drug education. And he's been to schools in every one of the 50 states, educating kids about drugs, about the dangers of vaping on young minds and young brains and he is he will go to like four or five schools a day I'm not exactly sure how he does it as much as he does but we wanted to have him back and I want him I haven't actually discussed this with him yet so we'll see if we can do this I wanted him to kind of give you uh, the short version of what he does when he goes into schools and talks to kids or goes into groups and talks to parents or school resource officers. I wanted him to kind of give that talk because it, I've never seen that kind of a reaction. I watched him go in and talk to teenage athletes. These were high school football players and they were absolutely riveted. Not only were they riveted, but several of them came up to him after the fact and said that they were not going to vape anymore. So he really makes an impact when he talks. And I thought it might be interesting to have him do his talk, a somewhat shortened version because he talked for two hours the time I saw him, but have him give us that spiel, if you will, that he does, because I think it's very, very effective based on what I've seen. So without further ado, let's talk to Michael DeLeon. Michael, thank you for being on the podcast again today. I know you're super busy. As I said in my little intro for you, that you've been to all 50 states to schools. So you, you're you a busy guy. Yep, all 50 states. Um, and uh, sometimes it's three and four school presentations a day. Uh, when we do a whole district, it's elementary, middle school, high school. Sometimes there's a couple middle schools. Then I do athletes after school, staff after school, and parents in the evening. So um, it, sometimes it could be, you know, m- morning till late in the evening. Yep. And uh, yep. usually the schools will start sometime in the beginning of August, and it won't finish till the end of June. So it's a full year. It's crazy. It's good, though. Yeah, is, it sl- is it slow right now? No, it's really busy. Uh, you know, we just had our last 
uh, schools on Friday for the holiday season, and it picks right back up as soon as the new year um, starts. So, wow. And we're completely wow. booked through March, and we're booking up April, May, and June now. So, Steered Straight is just busy, and uh, we're growing like crazy. That's awesome. So, Michael, for people who aren't familiar with you or with Steered Straight or your story, why don't you start off by saying what's the background that led up to why you're so passionate now with the drug education? Well, uh, I personally you know, spent 12 years in prison. Uh, and the reason I went to prison um, was, you know, drugs, uh, a gang-related homicide. It, it um, you know, peaked with a horror and a terrible story. But that's obviously not where it began. And for so many people that end up addicted to drugs in prison, it doesn't start with drugs. It starts much, much earlier, 90% of the time, underlying trauma, adverse childhood experiences. And so to address drugs in America, to, to address the problem of drugs and addiction in America, we're treating the symptom of the problem. We're not going to the problem. <clears throat> and the problem is um, adverse childhood experiences and trauma that's unchecked. And then drugs and alcohol become a way to self-medicate, to escape, to not feel. And we're not, a, we're not going to the core of the problem. We're just addressing the symptom of the problem. And, you know, in 12 years, you have a lot of time to think. You have a lot of time to really imagine, you know, how I ended up where I ended up. What's, what's, what, what is it got, that got me here? And so I wanted to, you know, make a difference. Um, I was involved in a couple different programs, a scared straight program in, uh, in prison led to another kind of program called project pride, which was a um, program where two male, two female inmates were taken out of prison to schools to talk to students about reality. This is what I did. This is what I got. If you want to follow in my path, this is your, this is your inevitable consequences. And this is not what you want. So it wasn't just a cautionary tale sharing it. It was reality wearing your prison uniform with the corrections officers behind you. It was really, really surreal. And when I got out of prison, I wanted to continue to do that. I wanted to continue to impact kids. So I started calling some principals and saying, hey, good morning, I just got out of prison. I want to come talk to your children. <laughs> so I got a lot of dial tones. Uh, who would want the ex-convict to come talk to kids? But in reality, there's no one better. I mean, there's absolutely no one better to come talk to students and children about the consequences of drugs because, you know, I'm not reading it out of a book. I'm not telling kids, you know, what I heard about, I, what I lived and I don't want them to live it. <clears throat> so it took a while, about three years, but, uh, you know, I formed Steered Straight, which was different than Scared Straight. I don't think we can scare these kids. We need to steer them towards positive choices. So, um, you know, I started Steered Straight, and it began uh, in a, a couple of schools in New Jersey, uh, and now it's turned into uh, becoming the number one book school presenter in the country. Uh, I will have done 708 schools in the year 2019, 708 schools. Wow. So, wow. And that's not presentations. That's actual schools. So it was over 2,000 presentations. But I've done 708 schools. I did 616 last year. I don't know how many more records I can set, um, but I'm starting the end of July now in certain states that start back very early in the year. 
Uh, and then depending on the amount of snow uh, for the Northeast the schools, I go until the end of June. So I do a lot of summer schools and, and um, there are year round schools, Native American communities do schools in July, um, some camps. So um, I go all year long and then throughout the year, wherever I'm in a school district, because that's the key, getting prevention. That's the key, getting to the kids. I also go into jails and prisons. You know, I spent 12 years trying to get out of prison. Now I spend every day trying to get back in. But I bring educational materials into inmates from a, a criminon program, which is just an incredible um, uh, secular program that's showing men and women about ethics and personal responsibility. And the reason I want to do that especially is because 90% of every woman in prison, 80% of every man in prison is a parent, mom and dad. So who's really affected by the incarceration? Right. So when the parent's incarcerated, that's trauma on the kid, no matter if it's maternal or paternal, if it's both parents, if the kid has uh, relatives in their life that are supporting and taking care of them, if, um, you know, the kid's an infant, you know, an adolescent, a young adult, there's trauma. And many times that trauma of parental incarceration, um, kids medicate themselves or, or, or calm themselves or, uh, you know, escape by, um, by using drugs and alcohol. Then you have the contributing factor of maybe genetic predisposition to addiction or that generational addiction. If parents have been using drugs, you know, behavior is learned. So many times kids start using drugs and alcohol because that's what they've learned, that's what they've saw. And right. you would think, hey, you know. Hey, Michael, I want to interrupt you just for a second. Sorry, I know you're on you're a roll. You, did you get clean and sober in prison? So I went to prison twice. It was a five-year sentence and it was a seven-year sentence. So both times I was locked up. That day I got incarcerated was the last day I used drugs both times. When I come home between the two sentences, it was an accident, a car accident, where a doctor handed me a bottle of 360 80 milligram OxyContin. And that um, kicked off my addiction again. And so I got clean, stopped using drugs, the day I went back into prison both times. So the last time, was you know the year 2000 when I went back to prison, um, and I and I haven't used drugs um, since then. So, so so that time when you left prison, you didn't relapse. And what was what was your point of no return, if you will? Like, why didn't you relapse after the second one? What happened? Well, it was you know it was a spiritual awakening. It was the realization early on in that second prison sentence that. How, how how did I end up back here? I mean, I, I, how did I pick up how? And I don't blame the doctor. I mean, that's what they were doing. Uh, opioids were aspirin. Opioids were candy. They were handing it out like candy. And so I, I should have known better. Yeah, of course, the doctor shouldn't have given me such a high amount of drugs. But I, I knew better. I was the one. It was my life. I knew I was the addict. I couldn't use opioid medication, not in an uncontrolled environment not taking them home, that just wasn't the best thing. And I knew better. So, um, you know, I've had surgeries, two surgeries since I've been home in the last 12 years. And I've gotten opioid medications for both of them. But I use it in a different way. And you know, right. when people say, 
you know, they're, they're an opioid addict. Uh, they never want, um, they never want to be prescribed opioid medication. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. If you're in an accident, you have a broken bone, you need painkillers, you know, there's, I'm not saying painkillers um, are, are, are good for me, but I'm going to use them if I need them. I'm just going to use them sparingly with people supervising me, with my wife holding on to the drugs with, you know, the last time I had surgery, I called 10 of my friends and I said I was having surgery and I'd be home that next day and I'm going to have opioid medications. If they could just call me once a day for a couple of days and just check on things, I love accountability. That's what we need to do in our world, personal responsibility. What's going on in America today with addiction is everyone wants to say it's a brain disorder, it's a brain disease, you can't help yourself. It's not a choice. You have no choice. You were born with this disease. It is the stupidest approach to addiction. That's why we're in the problem that we have right now. And anyone who disagrees, they're very, very uninformed. So I... That's right. Because if you say, if I tell you, Michael, that you have a disease and that you are never going to be cured, then why would your viewpoint be anything other than I might as well continue to use drugs because I'm not going to get better. And And I think, yeah. And if I'm an addict, that's what I need an excuse to keep using. Oh, okay. I have a disease. I can't help it. So relapse is not my personal responsibility. Relapse is just inevitable. And hey, I'm just going to relapse because I have a disease. I mean, the elements of a disease fit addiction. I, I'm, I, I will acknowledge that. I'll tell people, okay, when you're in the grips of the addiction and it controls your brain and you're sick, okay, I understand that sickness of heroin and opioids is so real and, and, and severe that the elements of a disease are real. But don't tell me you've got a disease for the rest of your life and, and, you, and there's no right. cure for it. It's that, listen, it's, it's why we're in the worst public social health crisis our country's ever seen. Because we're out of the opioid phase and we're not even paying attention to what the pharmaceutical industry and the psychs are doing with stimulants and benzodiazepines. We're, about, we're entering right now the next phase of this pandemic and it's going to be so much worse than opioids were. You know, yep. The opioids and heroin phase of this pandemic, it was a blip on a radar. Stimulants and methamphetamine that's coming with fentanyl is, is going to devastate this generation. And so I hate when someone sees something that's going on or reads something in the paper or watches a newscast and is touched by it and then says, my gosh, you know, someone should do something about this. Well, aren't you someone? You know, aren't you someone? <laughs> Who's someone? Someone should do something. Who's the someone? Well, I'm someone. And since I failed so miserably and I went to prison two times and, and I have, you know, no excuses, it's time that I became that someone and I worked tirelessly to make sure I could reach every man and woman in prison and I could change our prison system, which we could do a whole show on that. Well, mm-hmm. but that I could really get to kids and be that live visual, you know, cautionary tale for them um, that they don't just hear my story. There's a lot of people going out there and they're telling a story, right? I wanted to teach a story. See, I don't want kids to go home and tell their parents my story. I want them to go home and tell their parents my story, but identify the behaviors early on at their age that they're in right now that led to my story so that I can change attitudes and I can change behaviors. And then we provide the school 
an entire educational curriculum from drug-free world, second to none in this world, in multiple languages. It's completely part of our program. It's free. And um, it's very engaging. So every student reads continuing education booklets, and parents get the booklets, and staff get the booklets. So now we're making an environmental change on an entire community, and we're literally changing lives. And I can tell you story after story after story of people who've just been completely changed. Kids, you know, vaping is a big part of our presentations right now, and I have over 700 vapes. Kids come up to me after the presentation and, you know, I ask them, I prompt them. I say, please, you know, if you want to get rid of that thing, that electronic device that's in your pocket, that's in your book bag, that you're hiding, (laughs) you want to get rid of it. You you believe what I'm telling you. Come give it to me. Just come up here and give it to me. And I'm telling you, they literally come up and they put it in my hands. I have over 700 from the last three years. And a lot of those devices have tested positive for marijuana. And we're talking about middle school and high school kids. So the electronic nicotine delivery system, the vape, is no longer, uh, well, it was never really designed just for nicotine, but it's no longer just for nicotine. We've got every drug on earth in vape pens. And so we're priming this next generation um, for addiction. And we're really going to be in a bad position. And so I'm trying to educate as many people as I can, but mostly students and kids. I'm trying to educate these kids that this is not the path that they want to travel down. And uh, so I'm hitting elementary schools, fourth, fifth, and sixth grade, middle school and high school, and then as many colleges as I possibly can. And throughout the whole tour, going to jails and prisons. I was in uh, Knox County, uh, Tennessee last night. I had about 650 inmates on five tiers. I spent 10 hours in the jail um, educating parents, you know, 90% of the women, 80% of the men are parents, educating them about turning their life around and giving them a tool, an educational tool that they can start reading and applying to their life so they can change the way they think, change the way they feel, and get home and be that parent that they are. Right. Michael, can you tell some of the stories that of the people that you've spoken to? Can you tell us some of those? Sure. I mean, I... I, I uh, I guess the one that impacts my life the most is um, is a young man uh, named Welland, um, who's now become part of our family. Uh, I guess it's the most impactful story. But um, you know, this boy came up to me in high school after the presentation, and he was talking about how he could relate to me, and uh, he understood about heroin because at the age of 11, he watched his father die of a heroin overdose right in front of him in his living room. Paramedics were there with his brother and him were sitting on the couch. The mom was screaming. They were screaming. The paramedics were trying to save the father. He died right in the house. And so the kid really didn't know how to handle that. And unfortunately, I love counselors in schools and social workers in schools, but these people are not um, in understanding enough about what's going on in these kids' lives. Many kids come up to me after presentations and tell me that their parent died uh, just recently or last year. And then I asked the counselor, did you know her mom was dead from a heroin overdose? And she's like, no. Like, how do you not know? Like, how do you not know? So, you know, I'm not blaming the counselors. It's just, you know, you've got so many schools with 2,600 kids in it. You have one counselor. How's one person supposed to keep their hands and eyes on 2,600 kids and then be in their life? 
And so many kids are living with parent, grandparents and family friends because parents are incarcerated or dead from drugs. So he was talking to me and he, it was the middle of June. School was getting out shortly and he had long sleeves on, right? And a hoodie. And I was like, you a little warm? And uh, he just looked at me and I knew what was going on. I told him to pull up his arm sleeves and he pulled up his arm sleeves and his arms looked like paper mache. I mean, he was cutting himself, self-harming and he was very skinny, six foot something, very skinny. And he, you know, he, um, he turned his uh, whole life around. We helped him and got him into uh, treatment and um, he really, really, really uh, turned everything around. And when he graduated high school, unfortunately, the mom uh, turned into a full-blown alcoholic and she basically kicked him out on his 18th birthday. In reality, Great. the parent, the father's social security checks were drying up and the mom had no use for the kid anymore. So uh, he called us and we took that kid in and that young man has turned his entire life around about to graduate college and he's going to be the youngest ordained pastor in Assemblies of God in, uh, in the whole country. Um, He's going he's gonna to impact so many more lives and help other people. You are listening to the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. For more information on the podcast or to reach out if you have a story you would like to share with us, go to our Facebook page by the same name, or you can email us at theaddictionpodcast at yahoo.com or go to our website, theaddictionpodcast.com or call us at 727 727- Three one four seven zero eight zero, and please remember to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, and give us a five star review. For more information on our sponsor, Narconon Ojai, visit their website at narcononojai.org. That's n a r c o n o n o j a i dot org, or call one eight six six two three one five nine two four. That's one eight six six two three one five nine two four. Sometimes, the hardest thing about getting someone into recovery is getting them to agree to treatment. Bobby Newman, a certified drug counselor with 30 years experience and an over 85% success rate as an interventionist, has created a series of 12 videos that you can use right now to learn every step to get your loved one to agree to treatment. Call 1-833-918-0008 today and say the word podcast to get a 10% discount. Or go to newmaninterventions.com and type in the word podcast for a 10% discount. This service comes with a free one-hour consultation with Bobby. And it was just that connection. It was just that identification. It was a trauma that the kid had gone through and no one had been addressing the trauma. And to be walking around school you know, with long sleeves in a, in a warm month and no stu- staff member or teacher or counselor, you know, understands what's going on. I mean, you know, how come? How come no one knew what was going on? I had another right. girl come up to me after a presentation and uh, I give out booklets on drugs. So I give out three booklets to every student, one on drugs, one on marijuana specifically, and one on alcohol specifically. And I had a girl, a seventh grader, come up to me and ask me if I had a booklet on heroin. Seventh grader. And I just, my heart just dropped. Why is a seventh grader asking me for a booklet on heroin? So I had one in my bag and I gave it to her. And um, I said, so 
you want to know more about heroin? She's, well, I probably know everything in this book about heroin, but I want to take this home and sit down with my mom and read it. And I said, does mom have a problem? And she says, no, dad does. Dad's a heroin addict. So she wants to sit with her mom and read about heroin. And I said, well, listen, does your dad want some help? You know, I know a lot of ways to help people. And she said she didn't think so. That night we were doing a parent assembly, and I said, would your dad come tonight? And she goes, I doubt it. And I said, well, ask him. Come with your mom and see if your dad can come. And if your dad needs help, he can talk to me. I can help him if he wants help. So that night the mom was there and the daughter, and they had a little brother there as well. They were sitting there, and I just made eye contact with the girl and her head went down like this and, you know, getting all upset. He wasn't there. The father wasn't there. So, you know, I did my presentation and about halfway through, this man was walking down the aisle uh, of, the, uh, of the auditorium and it was him. And he sat down next to his daughter and then she caught me eye contact again. And you should have seen her face. Like, I can't believe my father actually came. And the man came up to me after the presentation and said his daughter told him that I could help him. And I got him into a detox. He needed a medical detox at a hospital. And he went to a faith-based program that was abstinence-based program. And he never got on other drugs because that's what we love to do in America. Oh, you're on drugs? Here, get on this drug because this is pharmaceutical and it's much better. So, um, and that man is now involved in his daughter's PTA group. Um, and I get a Christmas card from him now every single year. So wow. yeah, it was a booklet on heroin that a daughter asked me for. And she read it with her mom and urged her father to come to a night. This is what we're doing, saving lives. It's not just talking to people and telling a story. You've got to get right. really engaged and the education has to be continuing, you know? Yeah, that's a very good point. I want to just make a plug here for... Um, drug-free world we have had um, Julietta from drug-free world she's the president of the Florida chapter and you can go to drugfreeworld.org and you can get any of these materials absolutely 100% free as many copies as you would like and you can educate yourself on these drugs and the thing that I think sets these materials apart is that they're fact-based. They're not, um, I mean, it's the facts about drugs. You can also get these materials. I think they can go to your website too, can't they, Michael? Oh yeah, absolutely. And drug-free, Foundation for a Drug-Free World, I say it all the time, it's second to none. And uh, 17 different languages, uh, and it's very real. Then there's, there's videos that go with it. There's an educational program, educational curriculum that goes with it. And then there's an incredible website for learning. And that's what you have to do, engage kids. And learning needs to be engaging, and learning needs to be real, and learning needs to be identifiable. So, you know, we have a lot of misinformation in America about drugs, a lot of, um, you know, opinions about getting people off drugs and prevention of drugs. We're spending, we're spending literally four cents of every dollar in America on prevention. So drug-free world is free thanks to the incredible people who supported the Foundation for a Drug-Free World. And I'm telling you, it's second to none. So drugfreeworld.org is where you can go to get information on it, and you can order the 
the materials for your church, your civic group, your, um, you know, your ladies group. PTA, whatever. Or, you know, the other thing that learning needs to be, needs to not be judgmental. And I think that's super important. And I think just to give you a plug, I think, you know, when you talk and I, I happened to be there when you were talking to those football players here in Clearwater and it's your what you say to people is so real because you have the history, you have the background, you're not preaching to them, which I think makes a huge difference, especially with kids, because they get preached to by parents and by their, you know, local pastor and by their teacher and by, you know, by lots of different people. And you don't do that. You have a different approach. And I think, I think it's commendable i appreciate it. yeah i really um it's very engaging it's real i'm not talking at them i'm sharing with them the um the, the journey you know and I, I i hear a lot of people go out and talk to kids in schools and you know they they might mention a little bit about their childhood oh i didn't fit in or all the cliches you know i didn't fit in i I felt awkward, I drank, and I was sociable. And sometimes what they're sending to these kids in a message is very dangerous. You know, Mm -hmm. I heard a guy talking uh, recently, he's talking about how awkward he was and how he didn't fit in and how he couldn't talk to girls, and he started drinking. And all of a sudden, and you can see he got animated. Man, I was great, I was dating, all the girls were talking to me. And I'm listening to him like, if I'm a kid in that audience and I'm awkward and I can't talk to girls, but I want to talk to girls and I just listened to you tell me how alcohol was your gateway into dating from that point forward, I listened to nothing. And all I've heard is I can drink and I can go talk to girls. Some of the people that are going around this country talking to kids are the most dangerous messengers in the world. And we should never let them talk to kids. And I'm not, you know, sometimes people say I sound, you know, kind of vain and, and egotistical and, you know, arrogant. I have a gift, okay? I have a gift. And I'm not going to be ashamed of it. I'm not going to be embarrassed about it. I have a gift. I can talk to and engage audiences. That's the gift God gave me. I never heard Michael Jordan apologize for his gift and his ability. I'm not going to. And I'm going to criticize people who are doing it dangerous because this is just not some job. This is just not some, you know, social event. This is lives we're talking about. When you talk to kids and you're like, yeah, I was a drug addict and I overdosed. I died three times. I was brought back from the dead, you know. And, and now I'm getting my master's degree and my life is perfect. Those kids here, your life is perfect. And everything that you went through, oh, I could do that and I'll be fine just like you. I'm telling you. So many people that are out there talking to kids shouldn't be talking to kids. And so I want to prevent them from becoming me. So I'm not going to talk to them about recovery. I'm not going to talk to them about, you know, how how great life is. Um, I want them to understand how fortunate I am to have been through it, how very few people get through it. And if you get started, you're not going to end up like me. Most likely you're going to lose your life. You're going to lose your opportunities. You're not going to have the life that you are destined to have because you can't get started with drugs and alcohol. You just can't do it. So, um, you know, I, I, I share the truth with them 
And then I give them continuing education so that truth can continue to resonate with their family, with their parents, with their staff. Environmentally strategizing, affecting an entire community. And so right. I just keep going and I'm... Uh, I I want to give another plug now. I want to give it, um, if we have any parents who are listening or grandparents, if your child's school has not yet had Michael there to speak, you should go to your school and you should tell them to go to steeredstraight.org and book Michael like now because there is no one that does what he does as well as he does it. And um, that's how you get him. You go to steeredstraight.org and you could tell your school to do that. And that would be a smart thing to do for 2020 is to have Michael DeLeon come to your child's school and give his pitch. Yeah, we have other speakers, uh, much better looking and younger than me, but um, really engaging because I teach them to teach their story. I don't want kids to tell their story. I don't want these speakers to tell their story. I want them to teach their story. And then we have all sorts of tools. And, and I do, I, you know, I really do believe that we do what no one else does and we do it better than anyone else because we don't just focus on that 90 minutes or that hour. We have a complete overall overreaching program for a year, including drug testing. You know, like this is a drug test that we provide to parents um, for oral drug testing of nicotine. So many parents believe their kid that they're not using vaping, but nicotine is the precursor to most addiction. And if you hear your kids say they're not vaping, you should test them orally. And these tests are very inexpensive through us, and we provide them to parents. And then we have surface tests that parents can go test their kid's area little swabs uh, and they can go in the child's room and they can swab their laptop. They can swab the phone. They can check on this panel. And if the panel turns a certain color, cause there's five different drug tests, you'll find out that the surface area in your child's room has drugs present, the steering wheel of their car. If they're a teenager, these tests are $2 and 50 cents. Parents <laughs> do not understand the reality of drug testing as a deterrent, not to catch kids, We've got to deter kids, and drug testing is an amazing deterrent, especially in middle school. So we give parents all these tools. Then we have a book called Table Talks that has one year of conversations for kids and parents to have together at the dinner table uh, or at the breakfast table or at the lunch table so these kids can learn more about drugs and parents can learn more about what to say to kids about drugs. So this is ongoing. Wow. Steered Straight's the only organization, and, and I do. I know everybody that's out there across the country. No one provides what we do provide, and we're very inexpensive, and we're very good. So steeredstraight.org is where you go find out more information. But please demand your school. Ask them what they're doing. You know, I, I, I heard from a mom the other day, and she said she went to her principal, and the principal said, oh, yeah, yeah, we did a drug assembly in October. And she goes, well, what else are you doing? She, he goes, well, we do that every year, Red Ribbon Week. That's it? Don't you wish you could tell kids something one time it would penetrate, you know? Clean your room. <laughs> Thank God I never have to tell them that again, right? You have to tell kids over and over. And then sometimes different messages. There's some kids that aren't going to listen to me. Well, they'll listen to someone else maybe, you know? Right. We have to have different messengers 
And we yeah. also have to be on the same page with the most powerful message. I didn't, I didn't know about the book you mentioned, Table Talks. That sounds like that would be a really, really good tool for parents yeah, or so, loved ones of I mean, somebody. Every prevention organization in the country advocates that parents have dinner with their kids five nights a week. That's the yep. gold standard. You must eat dinner with your kids five nights a week. In 2019, 2020, parents can't eat dinner with their kids five nights a week. Football right. practice, dance, choir, cheerleading, uh, traffic, two jobs. For parents to eat dinner with their kids five nights a week is very difficult. Some parents can. I'm all pow more power to you, right? Right. But most parents can't. So uh, there, every prevention organization says have dinner with your kids five nights a week, and then you have these conversations over dinner. Well, how many families have no electronics at the table rules? Not too many, honestly. No. And so how yeah. are you having a conversation if everyone's in their phone and checking their Facebook page and checking their texts, right? So I d didn't want to advocate for the family dinner time. So I said five conversations. Maybe it's a breakfast and a lunch, two dinners, and maybe take one of those table talks and turn it into a dashboard conversation and have the conversation in the car. But in 2020, parents don't know what to say. Most of the language yep. has changed. The drugs have changed. It's not the same drugs. It really isn't. You have to be aware no. of how things have changed. Uh, and we didn't have prescription psych drugs being shoveled down children's throats in the 60s, 70s, and the 80s like we do now. We didn't have pharmaceutical commercials on TV in the 60s, 70s, and the 80s like we do now. Don't get me started, Michael. Everything <laughs> has changed. So parents yeah. need to know what to say. So we, yeah. we did a whole book, a whole year, and there's no other book in the country like it. It's available on our website, Table Talks. Or people can go to Amazon and order it, Table Talks, by Michael DeLeon. But, you know, it's... You know, that, and, and those of you listening, if you just had that and you had a set of the Truth About Drugs booklets, you would have pretty much all the information you need to talk to not only kids but anybody about drugs. And... You need to get educated. You really do. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the information is important. The just what was steered straight can do is engage the kids to be more interested in the information. Um, yes. But yeah, drugsforworld.org, and you order the booklets, uh, get a video, and order table talks. I mean, you have a lot of information that would be really, really. Uh, I urge you to 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 at least do that, and then ask your school if they'd bring steered straight to the to the school. I think that's awesome. Michael, you're a rock star in my book. You you do so much. If you had just one message to give to our listeners, be they addicts or friends and family of addicts or friends and family who've lost people to drugs, what would that one message be, overriding message? Well, I guess to people, you know, people who haven't struggled with addiction, parents who, you know, have children that are uh, struggling with addiction or have struggled with addiction, no parent raises their kid to become a drug addict. Just then it doesn't happen. And, you know, we, we are so desensitized in America about alcohol. Um, we're one out of eight Americans are alcoholics, but we celebrate alcohol, right? We celebrate it in every aspect. We celebrate it in, in, um, in football stadiums, on our NASCAR cars. We just celebrate it, right? So a lot of people are having major, major problems with alcohol, but, um, aren't really addressing that alcohol problem. So 
alcohol is a definite issue. Then with prescription drugs, there's not that same stigma. So, so many people are struggling with prescription drug addiction, prescription drug complications, but, oh, my doctor gave it to me. My psych gave it to me. It's okay. It's not. It's not okay. Long-term use of medication, for the most part, is just not okay. We need medication as a tool. Uh, it's being overused and abused and misused. Um, and I think 90% of all our medical problems come from our food supply anyway. Um, but that's another show for another day too. <laughs> but when we talk about drugs, we, so many people just talk about meth or heroin or cocaine. Like that's the problem. And every other drug, no, there's so many more aspects to addiction. So I guess my number one message to people is there's a lot of people struggling. This is so much bigger than you can imagine. And just because your child becomes addicted to a drug doesn't mean you were a bad parent, you know? You have to understand and be knowledgeable and educated about drugs, about alcohol, about marijuana, what it's become, about pharmaceutical drugs. The pharmaceutical industry has an agenda. The psychs have an agenda. There's no such thing as a chemical solution to a spiritual problem. It doesn't exist. So we're creating much bigger problem. And the number one cause of death in our country is drugs. Drug death is the number one cause of death, right? So this is major. We're at, a, we're at a point in our country's history we've never been. We're about to enter the fifth year of life expectancy decreases. That's never happened in our country's history. And it's attributed to two things, drugs and suicide. And suicide is drug-related. So right. it's drugs. So get educated. The truth about drugs is that drugs are a lie. That's the truth about drugs. So get educated. Get educated about drugs. Learn more. Don't say it won't be your kid. Don't say it won't happen to me. Be educated. Because then when you get a doctor saying, here's what we're going to try, you can get – you understand that there's a web guide for it. You can, you can understand to, that you can go to knowmoreaboutdrugs.org know more about drugs through Steered Straight, and you can learn all about the prescription drugs that the doctors are going to hand out. Get educated. Understand that this is, not a, this is not a moral issue. This is not a defect issue of a character, of a person. This is real. It's happening all across our country. It's the number one cause of death, the number one cause of decrease in life expectancy. Get educated and be proactive. Uh, the more you know, the better informed your choices and your decisions are, and the better informed your kids can be through education. So that's my number one thing, get educated. Drug testing is so important with kids as a deterrent not to catch them on drugs, but as a deterrent to, you know, get involved in drug addiction because then kids can be accountable. Accountability yep. is great for children and for addicts. Accountability is yep. great. I get drug tested four times a year. I never know when I'm getting drug tested. My board says, <laughs> hey, we want you to get drug tested. We know you're in Montana. We found the place where you are. You're free in the afternoon. Go take a drug test. <laughs> I stay accountable. I'm accountable. Yeah. So I drug test all my speakers. Steered Straight is, is honestly one of the best messages and events your school could ever host to your children and will impact an entire community to get educated. Thank you so much, Michael. It's a great message. We've given you all the tools for how you can get educated. 
Michael, you're the bomb. We'll have you back and thank you for everything that you do. Thanks so much. There's not much more I can say. You got the message directly from Michael and it's the most important message of this podcast today is to get educated. That's the thing to do. We'll be back again next week and we will talk to you again. You have been listening to the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return, sponsored by Narcanon Ojai. For more information on Narcanon Ojai, call 866-231-5924 or visit www.narcanonojai.org. Narcanon is a non-12-step rehabilitation program based on the works of L. Ron Hubbard.